Good evening, and this is Resting Pitch Face. I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. This is, and this is episode seven, unfortunately coming to you a little bit late this week. Uh, just, you know, life happens sometimes. So, But we hope we're just as entertaining as we always were, always are, even if we're coming <laughs> a little late. Um, as always, you can find us on Twitter. That's actually probably the most active you can find us. Uh, Resting Pitch Face, no G. You can find us on Tumblr at Resting Pitch Face Podcast. Um, you can listen to us on iTunes. Some of you probably already are right now listening to us on iTunes. And you can always contact us directly uh, at our Gmail, which is restingpitchface at gmail.com. So obviously, as we uh, were in our race for the postseason at the moment, lots of news stuff happening. Um, but before we start talking about men's baseball, we wanted to do something a little bit fun and very much on brand for resting pitch face. And that is the women's baseball world cup. Yeah. So the women's baseball world cup wrapped up this past weekend. It was awesome. There were a dozen teams representing. Um, so there were countries that you would expect such as Japan, the U S Cuba, but there were also a few teams that I was pretty surprised to see, including Pakistan, Hong Kong had a team independently of the Chinese team. They had their own. Um, we also had Australia, India, the Netherlands, Cuba, and Venezuela. And the ultimate gold medal winners in the Women's World Cup this year were Japan. This is their fifth win in a row. So Japanese <laughs> women's team, pretty good. I don't think anybody's going to be all that surprised. Got that on lock, clearly. Yeah. They also um, had their pitcher as the tournament MVP. The pitcher for their final gold medal game threw a complete game shutout for the win, which was pretty amazing. They Japan had shutouts in like five of their games, and it was not a very long tournament, so that's almost all of their games. Um, the U.S. unfortunately did not advance terribly far. There were four rounds, the opening round, the super round, or three, I'm sorry, the opening round, the super round, and the finals. Half the teams were cut between the first and second round. So the U.S. actually did not make it into the second round. But there was some question about whether the initial brackets were done well, given that Cuba also didn't advance. And the U.S. usually does medals. So there was some question about whether that can be improved for next year. But I watched a couple games and the U.S. team was pretty great. They were all over Hong Kong in an early game. Hong Kong was struggling a little bit, although my favorite part of that game was when they actually had a 90-pound shortstop come in to pitch the end of a total blowout inning, and she finished the inning by inducing a really wacky double play. And it was people on base, right? Oh, yeah. Well, if it's a double play, there kind of has to be. Well, right? no, 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 no. Yeah. I thought it was a bases loaded situation. Um, I don't it? remember how many base runners there were, whether it was just two or three. But there had been a number of runs scored already. They were one run away from inducing the mercy rule that they play under. Ooh. Oh, wow. And she came in from shortstop. And I'm not kidding, 90 pounds. And she finished out the inning. It was like a one, five, three, some. It was a weird double play. It was really badass. Cool. Well, now I have a question for people who may not 
may not know, may not be familiar with this tournament, um, because I think it's probably safe to say that a lot of people don't pay attention to women's baseball, unfortunately. Um, what is the, exactly like the structure of the tournament? If it's if it's three rounds, right? Mm-hmm. Is this a single elimination? Do you only play one game against each team? Like, how so, does that exactly, how does the bracketing work? It, it clearly can't be just a 16 teams, eight teams, four teams, two teams kind of situation, right? Right. So they start with 12 teams and six advance. Mm-hmm. And it's based on first just your record, your one lost. So the teams with the best one lost record advance. But then I believe, if I'm remembering this correctly, the US and one of the teams that did advance actually had the same one lost record. And so in that case, it was decided by the run differential. And the US had won by fewer runs, so they did not advance. Hmm. Yeah, which kind was of... really too bad. They were yeah. a lot of fun to watch. Some of our, our friends from the Sonoma Stompers were on the U.S. national team. Um, Kelsey Whitmore was there. Stacey Piagno was there. And Anna Kimbrell was there as well. I, I also have to say, like, run dif- differential. I mean, I, I get that you have to have something to decide if there's a tie. But at the same time, I don't think it matters how many runs you score. It matters that you won or not. Right. Like, and the other yeah. thing winning is they- a 1-0 game is harder. Right. They also play with the mercy rule where if you're ahead by 10 after five innings, the uh-huh. game ends there. So first of all, that tells you how badly the U.S. was slaughtering Hong Kong. Yeah. That they were yeah. very close to the mercy rule. But yeah. yeah, it also means that if certain games were subject to the mercy rule and others weren't, then run differentials would possibly be a poor metric Yeah, yeah. for advancement. Because there's, no there's no chance to even it out. I've, I've right. seen a 10, well not 10, but I've seen a nine run lead get obliterated in the later innings of the game so right and that's the happen, one where it was like 11 well. like 13 11 at the end and it was anyway well i'm i'm thinking specifically of a, a nats barbs game like yeah i don't know like four years ago and it was raining and we were up by nine and then we lost <laughs> oh <laughs> i was I remember the final was score it. but i remember it sucking oh yeah i was no, at a I... red sox yankees game where i think basically everybody won except the pitchers and the final score was something like 14 to 12. It was ridiculous. It was yeah. just not a good day for anyone pitching. For what it's worth, the Women's World Cup games also end after seven. Mm-hmm. So mercy ruling after five in a seven-inning game is not quite as egregious as in a nine-inning game. But still, I, I do think that skews the run differential as a I mean, metric think, for moving on. You'd think there would have to be something better they could... I mean, obviously, they have to pick something essentially arbitrary. But you'd think there would be, you know some better stat that of course I'm not going to think of because I don't get paid for this. <laughs> well, so sad for uh, Team USA, but yeah, but they were really fun to watch. They I don't know if I mentioned this. They broadcast the whole thing live on YouTube. So, the, so that's cool. The World Baseball Softball Commission has a YouTube channel and I actually didn't realize this, but a lot of their events, it looks like go up on YouTube either live or shortly after they occur. So in this case, it was in Korea, so live was only helpful for certain games that were <laughs> played at times that were not four in the morning for me. But the games are all up there. So if anybody's curious, if you cool. search for the Women's Baseball World Cup on YouTube, we'll link to it as well. It's all up there and it was really fun. So just to sum up the final results, I mentioned that Japan won gold. The silver medal actually went to Canada. So go go Canada. And then Venezuela was bronze. See, I expect a result like Japan and Venezuela. Canada seems like it's kind of coming out of left field. 
I was a little surprised by Canada, but they played a really good tournament. I just, I guess when I think of like things that Canada does, baseball is not high on the list, but I guess maybe for women it is. I mean, for men, it's, yeah, I mean, for men, it's definitely not, but for women, maybe. I think we had what, what we did, you did a count Sydney at some point that was like, we have like two Canadian players in MOP or something like that. It's it's a little higher than that, but it's also like counting the fact that Freddie Freeman is a dual citizen. Right. Get into some... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His neck is a separate citizen from him. <laughs> so anyway, whatever. I I'll move to Canada yeah. if they have good if they have good women's baseball and I get to be in a bigamist marriage with me and Justin Trudeau and Justin Trudeau's wife, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was Pakistan's first time competing. So talking about countries that you wouldn't necessarily expect, yeah. they were so excited to be there. It was awesome. I'm kind of excited that they were there. That's that does seem really awesome. I mean, again, countries you wouldn't expect to have a like baseball environment oh i know um, former yeah. cricketers well I, I i wouldn't i don't know if i would associate cricket with pakistan specifically but like maybe india had a team as well i don't know much about the team that was there i didn't get to watch any of those games unfortunately these players they're pulled from where exactly i mean i would say you know in in, in the u.s you could say maybe like there are some quote-unquote college players but i'm curious where you know for example india would be pulling its team from like just all independent leagues and and like amateurs that just didn't quit i don't really know unfortunately i should i should do some more reading the most press that i saw obviously was on the u.s team and mm. then the teams that meddled so I really don't know much about Team India, given that they were out in the first round and they didn't get a whole lot of press. But for the U.S. team, it was interesting. There was a really broad age range. So definitely I mean, some high school players, as well as some players who, like, I think Stacey Piagno is in her mid or late 20s. I don't mid, think I anybody think. was over 30 that I heard their age, but that doesn't mean they weren't there. It just means I might not have heard their age. I um, want to say Anna Kimbrell isn't super young. I'm not sure. I follow her on Twitter, but she doesn't put her age on her Twitter. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you guys do. I don't. I did think it was interesting hearing about people's different backgrounds. A lot, obviously, of women's players in the U.S. do play softball, um, though not all of them necessarily. But um, I think Kelsey Whitmore is going to college for softball. Japan, in contrast, I believe, has much more of a baseball for women kind of system like more of a development program which speaks to why they win all the time i mean if you're coming through any kind of a legitimate baseball development program you're just going to be on another level from the start and you have the advantage of like picking the best as opposed to just picking the people that exist yeah. wait are you saying that if you have infrastructure and investment you're going to get better outcomes for women's sports it's amazing never i know yeah, gosh <laughs> next you're gonna say that the fact that women aren't in the mlb has nothing to do with structural inequality or has you know something to do with structural <laughs> inequality and everything to do with women being like inherently just fundamentally under unable to understand baseball sydney so, didn't you know that we're too weak to swing a wooden bat uh, i'm not too weak right now <laughs> <laughs> We certainly can't throw an entire 60 feet. <laughs> By the way, what is the name of that Japanese pitcher who won MVP and can we draft her? I know. Or sign her. Oh, yeah. I, was, I, uh, I had her name and, of course, I clicked away from it looking for the brackets again. No, I got it. Her name is Ayami Sato. Is she a free agent? Yeah, please. 
I have no idea if she's a free agent. I'll look it up. <laughs> All right. Rizzo, we call do- her. Seriously. Please. I mean, we pay... We pay the Japanese leagues for players all the time, right? Like, I'm willing to spend some, like, I, I'm willing to spend MLB's money <laughs> to get her over here. So. And think about the Nats players that have played in Japan. Like, if she can't be worse than Lasting's Village, who I think uh, Lara summed up with, who? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. That's a person he used to play for the Nationals. He went and play, finished off his career in Japan. Yeah. Played for the Nationals in the dark years. I believe I have one of my um, first game at Nats Park scorecards somewhere in the house that he's definitely on there. So. Him and Niger Morgan. No. I mean, he wasn't. Niger Morgan wasn't on the original team, but still the, the luminaries. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, probably because no one in this country would have him after he proved himself to be a... Uh, jerk <laughs> hey maybe that's where Papelbon will have to fin- finish his career <laughs> no I don't want to wish Jap- I like Japan <laughs> like that's as a okay, country that's fair. that's fair we don't want to inflict him on Japan <laughs> although I, I would I would completely trade him for Ayami Sato she oh. is a righty pitcher bats righty she is 166 centimeters born on my birthday oh my god <gasps> we share a birthday it's fate birthday twins December 21st, 1989. She's been playing yeah. since she was nine years old, and she has played in three Women's World Cups, awesome. including fine. the most recent one where fine. she was an MVP. I would love to have her in our bullpen. Oh, my God. That would be awesome. Although, I'm, right now, I'm just, like, trying to... I have no idea how tall 166 centimeters is. Oh, I know. They, they, system. <laughs> they flashed their stats, and the reason that I know that that other shortstop slash pitcher that I was talking about was 90 pounds is because I converted it on my phone. Oh, they had it in kilograms. Yeah, everything was in kilograms. And I'm like, I yeah. just, I don't speak that. I've been doing science for long enough that I know I should be ashamed of the fact that I don't speak that, but I don't speak that. Yeah, but this is America. Screw the metric system. But if you wanted to calculate how many moles of baseball player there were, you'd have to convert. Why would you want we're just gonna have baseball player is a unit. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, I guess assumes average density. Like uh, anyway, oh you make, it, it made me very happy today to realize that October twenty third is in fact mole day. Ten to the twenty third. Ten right. to the twenty third. Yeah, yeah, you got it. I was yeah, trying to fit in. Gonna make a nerd joke. You gotta make it make it like full on. I was trying to fit in the six point oh two somewhere. I assume that you celebrate at six oh two. On October 23rd. Okay. Well, we'll have to do a feature on that. <laughs> we will Sorry, not. everybody. Apparently, you're listening to a podcast full of a bunch of nerds. Um, <laughs> not that anyone asked, but I converted Ayami Sato's height, and she is just under 5'6". Oh, God. She's taller than me. Hey, she's yeah. taller than Jose Altuve. That's true. <laughs> hey, if you ball out, you ball out. Somebody saw Absolutely. I don't care what gender. So I was just hoping she'd be shorter than me so I could still have my hopes. No, I don't have any hopes. Well, the 90-pound anyway. shortstop <laughs> pitcher was definitely shorter than you, but she was still taller than me. To our listeners who may or may not be aware, Laura here, I'm four foot ten. Just so everyone knows why I'm the butt of these jokes, which I make about myself anyway. Yeah, so, like you know. you're making them about yourself completely here. I am. Now <laughs> you are informed. Well, I mean, when you want to climb someone like a tree, I mean, that's a literal statement. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So it becomes important. You need a ladder. I've still never <laughs> given up on my dream of interviewing Doug Fister while standing on a chair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I feel with a box on top of it. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) It can be a tall chair. (laughs) Like a high chair? No, thank you. I'll, you know what? I'll sit on Dan Cloco's shoulders. Yeah, oh, I was gonna say you just need to like go piggyback on somebody. Yeah. I feel like yeah. me plus Dan Cloco equals Doug Fister or in height. You'd be a little taller. Not taller by much. Not if you're on his shoulders. No. I mean, we saw Dan he's Colco. Not that short. He's, yeah, he's just skinny. He I can like... sit on my shoulders. <laughs> sure. Probably. I mean, he's he he and Trey Turner are both bundles of sticks that like pretend to be people, so it's fine. I'm like, yeah. eat something, Jesus. <laughs> Trey Turner's like, I'm eating five meals a day. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> veering wildly, wildly from the things that we are actually intending to talk about. Uh, on on a more serious topic, certainly. So I'm sure everyone who pays attention to sports even like a little bit and probably a lot of people who don't have, have heard about um, all the controversy around uh, Colin Kaepernick who plays for the 49ers. See, I know all about the controversy, but I don't remember what team he plays for. 49ers. Uh, it's um, Kaepernick. Kaepernick, excuse me. Uh, not staying seated, seated for the uh, national anthem. And there was an interesting article in USA Today just a couple of days ago uh, interviewing Adam Jones of the Orioles um, about why obviously a number of football players have now followed suit and are standing with Kaepernick. Or kneeling now. with him as the case. Kneeling with Kaepernick, yes. There you go. Um, but no baseball players have have d- done anything or barely even acknowledged that this is going on. And so um, Adam Jones was interviewed on, on his thoughts on why no one in baseball is taking a knee. And just in case anyone is as completely AL oblivious as I can be, um, Adam Jones is in fact African-American. And plays for the Orioles. And I want to say just won their award for community involvement. Yes, he did. The Clemente. Yeah. One player from each team is up for it. And then everybody votes on who actually wins. Yeah, nobody's okay. won it yet, but he's there. Yeah, he's their he, nominee. he was the team. Okay, yeah, he he yeah. won their nomination for for the Roberto yeah. Clemente Award. Very deservedly. Yeah. Um, I guess, and I mean, what what he was basically saying in this article was, um, well, I mean, it, I think it was titled "Baseball is a White Man's Game." I think what were the stats? Something uh, compared to other sports, baseball is like. Uh, I have that. So thirty is it thirty percent African American? Oh, it's like uh, eight. It's eight. So it, in the it's NFL, eight? it's sixty-eight. In the NBA, it's seventy-four. And in baseball, African Americans comprise eight percent, with only sixty-nine African Americans on opening day rosters and disabled lists to start the season. That's I just read that off from the article. And and to yeah. be clear, when they say African American, they mean African American. They don't mean black players of not who are not American such as like uh cespedes for example yes so they don't Um, mean black latino players they don't mean you know various other players um you know uh, who is it uh roger bernardino would not i was thinking Uh, of roger bernardino when i was you know during that so they they do mean in fact african-american players who are a decreasing population in baseball and i mean his his main point was there's too few of us we can't put a target on ourselves like that yeah that was one of his big points i also thought it was interesting his perspective on the protest itself and the backlash that kaepernick has gotten um how people have been saying that by 
taking a knee during the anthem to make a statement about injustice and police brutality that he's disrespecting the military which is not what he's going for and so you know regardless of your interpretation he has in other contexts shown a great deal of respect to the military and jones was also saying that the reason that he's not protesting the exact same way is he does feel he doesn't want to do anything that could be construed as disrespectful for to the military but that he completely agrees with the message and the goal yeah and a few and beyond the the kneeling or sitting during the anthem a few players have instead of have gone to doing um you know uh, black power salutes, things like that mm-hmm. during it. Um, just so like, and I think some of that is to clarify that it's not about, and I hate even like acknowledging the people who say this, like disrespecting the military. It's about, you know, black lives matter. And unfortunately the response that they're getting is like, but don't you mean all lives matter, particularly oh. military lives. And that, that's basically what the response to Kaepernick is. Um, it's it's nonsense, um, and dressing it up in the military is is beyond nonsense. Well, one of the really interesting points that other people have made, including this article, although I've seen it elsewhere, so I'm not sure who brought it up first, was that Jackie Robinson actually wrote in his autobiography, and I'll read the exact quote, As I yeah. write this, I cannot stand and sing the anthem. I cannot salute the flag. I know that I am a black man in a white world. In 1972, in 1947... At my birth in 1919, I know that I never had it made. So in terms of response to the anthem itself, this is not a new point that anyone is making. Maybe we haven't talked about it recently or in a baseball context, but Mm -hmm. I think nobody said it better than Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in particular, you know, with the case of Jackie Robinson is that this is a case of history and his and people's perspectives on history trying to smooth over what was in fact unsmooth like mm-hmm. like people kind of portraying it as like okay baseball integrated and it was really hard but now it's not hard which yeah. is again yeah, obviously nonsense now. yeah and like Jackie Robinson should have been unconflicted in the, in that year and he clearly wasn't um and it's the same stuff with like Muhammad Ali um, mm-hmm. which is holding people up at these as these heroes and not actually looking at what their deeply held beliefs are. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ali's history has been very sanitized in the mainstream media. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Robbins, Jackie Robinson also goes through that because, mm-hmm. you know, again, people want to be like, oh, well, it's better now. It's like... <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, this fixed it. Now we don't have to talk about it anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I'm... I'm Glad for the inclusion of that quote, and I think it's a very obviously salient quote. Kind of circles back around to I think why the why the article was written in the first place, which is why isn't baseball the start of sports integration? Why isn't anybody doing it? And it's unfortunately like it might have been the start, but it's all, it's actually almost gone backwards. And I think, in to a certain extent, it, it takes a Colin Kaepernick to do something like this, even in the NFL which despite being a much heavier, having a much heavier um, African-American presence, the fact that he's not just a player in the NFL, he's a superstar quarterback in the NFL. And like the NFL contracts aren't guaranteed. You can get fired at any time. Mm -hmm. You get hurt, sorry, kick rocks. Um, And so it takes a player sort of of his exceptionality and caliber to say these things Um, and like, a lot of other players have, you know, had a lot of courage and done that, but like, it unfortunately takes a, a Colin Kaepernick to do that. And I don't see the, that figure in baseball. 
the the player well, who isn't fearing that I, their job is going to go away. Well, I mean, obviously, I can't speak to anybody's. I, I think there's one or two people who are sort of like success uh, to their team's success, and people would probably not want to fire them over this because it would, you know, the team. But does that make them responsible for doing it just because, you know, they, and I mean, they might not believe that they're that essential, even if we on the outside look at them and say, yeah, absolutely. That team needs him. Um, um, no. And I wasn't saying like they had a responsibility yeah. to do oh, that. Yeah, no, I'm just saying like, it, it, you know, it, there's an unfortunate burden on people who are very, very, very exceptional that it's him. To, he, he's the one who has to say it. And a random linebacker who's yeah. worrying about, am I going to, you know, have a job or brains in five years? Um, right. No, like, I mean, a bunch of folks are retiring yeah. earlier um, aren't necessarily going to have going to be able to have that as a platform. Um, yeah. Not well, that I it's mean, the responsibility to do that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I knew that wasn't what you were saying. I just, I thought it was an, uh, yeah. something to, to bring. But I mean, yeah, like, okay, so Brian Goodwin on the Nats is a September call-up. Yeah. He didn't have job security. Like, he's got it. He's keeping his head down because that's what he's got to do, you know? We like him very so. much, but. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying, like, he's a September call-up. He, he's not facing the, fi- you know, he's not anticipating the $500 million uh, contract that Bryce Harper's going to get. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, and even heck, Ben Revere, like, doesn't have the, the platform to do that. I, I would say Adam Jones is probably might, but, you know, he, he presented a lot of good insight into the complexity of having that platform. Right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, just to bring up the ESPN article following up on it that I mentioned to you guys earlier, mm-hmm. um, there was an ESPN article written by a reporter named Doug Glanville who I believe is African-American as well. And he talked to a whole bunch of players, um, including some who would be more superstar types, um, David Ortiz, Chris Archer, um, looks like Curtis Granderson, Tori Hunter, Jimmy Rollins, um, asking sort of what are the challenges about speaking out on issues like this? Why do you think more people haven't? How would you react to what Jones was saying in this article and a lot of them the first thing that they said was being worried that they'd be misconstrued Hmm. which is not an issue unique to baseball in any way but Hmm. just as an obstacle in general in terms of the media and social media in particular and reasons that guys don't necessarily speak up almost everybody quoted in this article said on in some phrasing or another I'm worried I would be misconstrued which I thought was a pretty major point especially given that so many of them brought it up and I mean, that's um, literally what happened uh, to Kaepernick. Misconstrued. Let's be clear. This is not, I didn't understand you. This is, I refuse to understand you. Slash, I want to put my own thoughts into your mouth. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and yeah. even like with the article that Adam Jones did, um, who, is, who is it on Twitter? I th- someone on Twitter said, you know, people who read the headline will hate him and people who read the article will love him. Like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where even within that specific article, people read it and go snap judgment, or in fact, just, I'm going to impose my preconceived notion of who you are and what you have to say. Well, I didn't think he was happy with the fact that that quote out of context was used as the headline either. I thought I 
saw somewhere that he wished yeah. that something else had been used as the headline. Because in context, it's a perfectly reasonable thing. But out of context, there's a lot of ways that you can take that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he was terribly happy with that. Yeah. And of course, there's the balance of, of that for the newspaper who just want people to read the article. Yeah. Right. And, you know, whether or not... You're going to click... Yeah. Well, some of the other players as well did talk about the the feeling of being the only black player in your clubhouse. Mm -hmm. um, it was Rollins who said that specifically, talking about being in that 24 to 1 plus coaches and staff and upper management. And we've talked mm -hmm. about this before, the total lack of diversity in so many parts of baseball's upper management as well. And those are largely the people who are making the decisions about your contracts. So mm -hmm. even beyond, I mean, I don't have stats on this, but even beyond who else is in the clubhouse with you, if you look at who is in the front office making decisions about whether you stay or you go, those people are so heavily white male as well. Well, I And that's remember, what you're up against. Yeah, I remember um, reading in the like week post fallout from uh, Kaepernick, somebody interviewed a bunch of unnamed front man, front office managers in football. And they were like, they all hate him mm -hmm. out of like 30 teams. 29 of them think he's like the devil. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus, like, <laughs> like, you know, it's bad. And then you read something like that and you're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, front offices are just conservative and snap judgment and prejudiced and racist in a lot of ways or covertly or overtly um and i think you know obviously kaepernick's getting a lot of racist i'm trying not to swear uh <laughs> bs to swear. yeah racist there's, bs there's a swear jar um, this is an appropriate aimed, usage of yeah aimed at him um and it's just it's one of those things where the change that's nece like necessary to changing that as a culture would be so painful for the people involved in changing it to be you know you, you'd have to measure if it's if it's worth that sort of human cost almost just i don't know if that makes sense like like the people who have to do that have to have such like just mental fortitude to deal with that nonsense um and it's I, probably one of the reasons that there's either you know I'm not even gonna call it like it's a hard ceiling. Either smashing it hurts, or or the fact that it's that it's impenetrable, like yeah. because of stupid stuff like that. Or if you don't want to go to work and know that you're surrounded by people who think like that, is it a total total shift to to note that I bought the Orioles pet calendar and Adam Jones is I, very I adorable in it. I think it might be an important tonal shift, honestly, because we were kind of got in a little downer space. But I completely uh, believe that he. Uh, adorable it was Can you his tell us pet about or his was pet? It like a shelter dog no it's his pet he has a, a labrador retriever rescue Aww. named missy and Aww. it is a really cute picture um and i feel uh no it's a golden lab okay or yeah it's a yeah golden lab um very sweet everyone's smiling in the photo which he looks great manny machado is not smiling in his photo Wait, does his face not smile? When it fights. I thought he was like Anthony Rendell. Yeah, no. Yeah, okay, fair. Fair enough. When he's like charging um that that pitcher, he was not smiling. Maybe yeah. he's trying to distract your attention from his ears. First of all, his ears are fantastic. Thank you. Lay off the ears. Um, and second of all, 
uh, yeah, he's like giving a weird half smile, and it's not a very good picture. Like the dog is cute because it's a cute dog, and Manny Machado is cute because he's he's a cute person. But like, <laughs> it's sort of an they, awkward picture. Did they fall victim to the exact same problem that the Nats pet calendar fell victim to, which is they took good pictures and then chose to use the not good ones? <sighs> Did I tell you that one of my coworkers thought my Nationals pet calendar was like a a hunks calendar? <laughs> <laughs> Whose picture was up at the time? It was Drew. It was Drew, and I was like, "What?" That's well, a, no, that's the Tiger Beat picture. That's not the like stud muffin picture of the calendar. That's like, <laughs> yeah, she, in a she thought it was like twelve year old to paste on their wall and be. That's like, what she thought I was doing. Yeah, so I was like, which- no, this is a pet calendar. <laughs> Kay, which one would you call the stud muffin picture of the calendar? Now I'm curious. Uh, Actually, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but the one with Blake Trinan is like traumatic looking, and I'm not sure if I can deal with <laughs> but it. There, like, but there's like a like a range. But like Drew, I, I don't know if any of them were necessarily like the stud muffin. But there's a range, and then that one was like so obviously the like teen bop picture drew with the oh, tiny yeah. dog that fit in his glove it's like that i bought a lot of like bop magazines when i was 12 years old that's from that magazine yeah oh, I'm, yeah i'm pretty what sure they- if he were wearing eyeliner he could have been in sassy they probably did have makeup on him just a little bit I, or on the dog. i mean they probably all had makeup on let's be real these are yeah. photo shoots like yeah they're gonna give yeah. them makeup i refuse to believe that none of them have any pores <laughs> I think I think that was just they 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 blasted them with so much light. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, no, because I turned the page and there's Jason Worth and Jason Worth's giant dog that got banned from the clubhouse for peeing. Um, I'm gonna ride on that dog. Can I ride on that dog? You could. You probably it's, could. It's a horse. Oh, I know um, I could. Looking at that dog next to Jason Worth, if I sat on that dog's back, my feet would not touch the ground. No. Nope. Um, but yeah, so one of my coworkers thought I had like a tiger beat calendar up, and I'm like, no, no. I mean, you kind of did. In I, fairness. You okay, did. whatever. The Orioles one revealed to me that Buck Showalter looks like his pets, so that they're they matter. are in fact. Bulldogs? No, they're um, oh god, basset hounds. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Some kind of hound dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, that's not surprising. There's nothing but a hound dog. Thank you for singing it so I didn't have to because yeah. it definitely ran through my head. Um, <laughs> if we talk any more about women's baseball, we might have to do a sing-along to uh, the the song from A League of Their Own. I love that no, no, song. No, 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 no. No, 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 we can't. Okay. Maybe I'll make it the outro music this or the intro music this week. Okay. I could probably do that. Okay. Um, that yeah. would make me happy. Uh, but it, like, that's something that makes me cry a little bit. So like, <laughs> so I just I don't want to think about it right, right now. now. Okay. Um, well, let me make you cry more, and let's talk about stupid Tim Tebow and his <laughs> stupid Matt. Um, crying with laughter. Um, uh, my favorite comment on this whole Tim Tebow signing to a minor league contract and going to the Florida Instructional League at age 29 with the Mets was um, someone asked um, our friend GF Baseball on Tumblr. About uh, about Tim Tebow, and she goes, "I don't think about Tim Tebow," which was the exact best response. They have to set it up right. They said, "What do you think about Tim Tebow?" Blah 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 blah. blah. And her and, response was, "I don't yeah. think about Tim Tebow." And damn, I wish I could have the same response. Uh, I mean, it was it was the perfect it was the perfect 
the perfect response. I, I mean, I've been thinking about it, but mostly because every time I think about it, I just start laughing and um, lol metzing. So, like, um, I've been thinking about it in that respect, not in, like, a let's seriously evaluate Tim Tebow as a professional baseball player. I'm just like, <laughs> All I know about Tim Tebow is that he was apparently not that great at football or he'd still be playing it, and also he prayed a lot. Is that an yeah. accurate summary? Yeah. Yep. He, and he, he was he hashtag like, blessed. I think he did the like eye black stickers that had like Bible verses on them or something. I don't they know. Do that yeah. is that a thing? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I didn't know that. Can you pick yeah. whatever Bible verse you want? I mean, sure. I, Book of Judges. Like, get, get really graphic. There's some pretty good ones. Like my Torah portion was literally Moses complaining to God about why all the Jews were complaining to him. <laughs> See now that is an appropriate thing to put on your eye black. I was bat mitzvah to that. Like, yeah. Moses awesome. saying, why are these complaining people my problem? God, make it stop. Also, and I mean this as a compliment, that makes a lot of stuff make sense. <laughs> Thanks, Kay. No, no, no. I no. mean that as a compliment. Uh, it's There's a lot of books of, I, and I hate calling it the Old Testament, like, <laughs> first edition, OG <laughs> Testament, whatever. Um, the, the original, unremastered, yeah. no CGI trilogy. job of the hut. Yeah. 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 Not the, I guess there weren't prequels, but whatever. Are just like the themes are complaining, 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 dismemberment, and complaining. Like <laughs> that's it. Read, read the book of Judges. You're like, wow, everyone is chopped up in whining. A little bit of sex, a little yeah. bit of food, a little more complaining. complaining Someone named Nimrod. Uh, Nimrod was a mighty hunter unto the Lord, and so they called him Nimrod, a mighty hunter unto the Lord. So what does that make Tim Tebow? Um, Not anywhere cool enough for that. Nope. Um, he's just, he's like, ugh. yeah, well, it's, you know I hate overt religiosity, and he's just like, he has a verb named for his overt religiosity. It's true. Oh. Well, and he's not even like committing his time. Isn't he keeping his like TV oh. deal? Oh yeah, yeah, he's got like two days a week commitment to whatever channel he's on. I don't remember which sports. That, that's, that's not how a job works. No. Yeah, Either it is you, a very not how a serious job works. Either you go to your job or you don't. Like you don't get to pick. <laughs> um, yeah. If I could pick, that would be great. I'll have next week off. Thank you. But like that's that's just not how <laughs> life works. Yeah. Um, he is getting a hundred thousand dollars signing bonus. Well, oh, lottie da wow. for him. <laughs> Wow. I feel like if I ever need to rile you up, I'm just going to like whisper Tim Tebow facts at you. (laughs) I just, I I, I mean, the whole scenario has just been so ridiculous. He's getting Um, an extra $100,000 to not show up to his job. Yeah. My favorite part of the article that I was reading in ESPN about this was the Mets repeatedly going, this isn't a publicity stunt. I could see why you think it's a publicity stunt, but it's not a publicity stunt. At which point we're like, yeah, the more you say it's not, the more it is. Right. Because maybe if you talk about it a little bit more, it'll be less of a publicity stunt. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get less headlines if you talk about it more. Yeah. Like, I mean, when they, when I, I know like 29 teams, I never saw the final list. So I'm assuming the Nats probably sent a representative. It's too much to hope for to believe that they were the 30th team on that list. Um, um, I saw from the post that they were in fact there, but, and this is the best. I'm not sure if I believe it or not. It wasn't because they assigned someone. It was because someone was already in the area. <laughs> and they were just like, eh. 
I was gonna say, um, if there's a free circus in town, you might as well go. Exactly. I mean, I, I would. I'm gonna I'm gonna venture a guess that like 25 of the teams that were there represented were probably like, what do I got to lose? They're gonna pay me to go sit in the sun for six hours and write down notes on this like idiot. So, but yes. um, I, what I, I was gonna- like the Mariners or somebody that wasn't there. Does that sound right? Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I never saw. As I said, I never saw the the complete list. But when I saw that ah. it was the Mets that finally sell them, I was just like, "Yep, makes sense. Makes yep. sense. Who would do oh, something yeah. totally boneheaded? The Mets. <laughs> totally yeah. boneheaded for the publicity. For the yeah. publicity. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people are like, he's in the instructional league. That's a league for like seventeen-year-olds. It's gotta be fun. Um, but, like, he's taking a roster spot on that league from a kid who's probably dreamed their whole life about playing baseball. Yeah. Like, yeah. He better be buying them a lot of food. Yeah, seriously. They're like, well, we want him to mentor. I'm like, yeah, kids, go to college, do really well, win the Heisman, then flame out. That's yeah, how he's like, going to mentor them. Yeah, I was like, let's let's mentor the baseball kids with the football player. Yeah. Like, the not very good football yeah. player. Who's been like, famous because of Jesus. I just had a terrible thought. What if he thinks that this is like his, um, his mission is like proselytizing. I don't know if like whatever church he's in has that requirement, but maybe he's like, this is my missionary work to go to the 17 year old kids and teach them about Jesus under the guise of teaching them about baseball. How do I put this? Baseball players (laughs) in South Florida, you're preaching to the choir. (laughs) Like, they already probably, like, with the exception of what Kevin Kiermeyer, who we claimed as our own, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, every Jesus. Thank you, Moses. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly not thank you, Jesus. Yeah, way to go, Elijah. But, like... (laughs) <laughs> you know, except for him and, like, what, Ryan Braun? Whoa. Um, Ryan Braun's Jewish, right? Jock Peterson, yeah. Ryan Braun. A previous Jose Batista, not the current one. I know. I was very disappointed. I'm so mad about that. Can we just have um, him? Also, I have to say, Jock Peterson, like, someone Is, needs to do a hair intervention. But that's he, a different issue. He needs a lot of interventions. Let's start with name. Yeah. Oh, slight side note, circling back to women for a second, but on the <laughs> Jewish topic, Justine Siegel, the founder of Baseball for All, first woman to throw a major league batting practice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, has been hired by Team Israel to mm. coach for the Men's World Baseball Classic. Awesome. Interesting. So we're very excited about that. It is, as far as I know, the first time a Men's World Baseball Classic has had a female coach on staff, although I don't know a huge amount about it, so it's possible there have been others. Um, but just seemed like an exciting development, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Jock Peterson once played for Team Israel in the World Baseball Classic. That was really? the connection. He did. Um, yeah. I is it on the, the anyone can be Israeli clause if you're Jewish? I think that's the rationale, yeah. Okay, because I'm which, like... I mean, I don't know that Israel has a lot of baseball players, so I guess if they want to have a team, it helps to be able to recruit any Jew from anywhere mm-hmm. on the theory that we're all somehow... Israeli citizens. Yeah, you get K. By the way, if you don't know, like if you're Jewish, oh, oh, you I get, know. Okay, okay. Yeah, I know. Um, whatever. I want to. I want to claim Kevin Kiermeyer for citizenship. To what? Your heart. Sure, heart. Let's go with heart. <laughs> We've already established that the heart is a location that baseball players can live. So, like, I think that's completely valid. Like, that's a team that a baseball player can play for. Is your heart? I didn't mean heart. <laughs> This is a family <laughs> podcast, Sydney. I meant 
gallbladder? <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't mean heart. But yeah, Jack Peters. Okay, so this is a complete tangent. Um, my grandfather was involved, you know, pretty heavily with their synagogue in Atlanta in like the fifties or something, and they were there was a they were doing a a bris. Which Kay, do you know what that is? Mm-hmm. Okay, our, our listeners might not know what that is. Cir- circumcision, yeah. but you know, with bagels. Uh, <laughs> It is like you what you don't watch the baby get circumcised, but then you go all eat bagels, um, yes. and so apparently someone thought it was a good name. Like my my grandfather was involved in the service. Someone thought it was a good name or a good thing to hand my grandfather a baby and say like, okay, and he's like, well, what's the kid's name? Because we got to say it as part of the ceremony, and the kid was named Lance. At which point he's like, no, what's their real name? <laughs> Like, that's not even a name. <laughs> so do we think somebody at Jock Peterson's Briss <laughs> like, that's questioned <laughs> whether this was his real name or not? They had to change it so they only used the Hebrew name during the ceremony. <laughs> what would Jock Peterson's Hebrew name be? Josh. Oh, actually, that's not the I worst mean, idea. Yeah, probably Yeshua. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning what is Jock? What is, Jock has to be short for something. It's not. I... It's not. not. Is he the one who has a brother oh, named God. Tiger? Yes, with a Y. With a Y. God. Who I think played in the same league as the Sonoma Stompers, although not for them. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Uh, but yes, he Tiger with a Y. <sighs> Are they hip? Were they hippies? No. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, that goes more to a... That's, like, he has his own porn like, star like name. too old for, like... Like, Tiger Peterson is a porn we, star. At least we know he's circumcised. Right now, because we cannot bring every single podcast back to porn stars. We can't. We can't. It's not all of them. Just, just a lot. It's like a lot. (laughs) Significantly less. Less porn star than animals. Porn name jar. Uh, Listen, listen. If I have to have a swear jar, you need to have a porn name. Okay. It's true. Tiger with a Y? Of course it's true! (laughs) If yours is the swear jar and Sydney's is the porn star jar, what do I have? The sweaty about Max Scherzer jar. Well, if I have to put money in that, I'm not going to have any money to come back to D.C. in two weeks. (laughs) Don't worry. Well, you'll expose your vice soon enough. (laughs) Okay. Well, actually, speaking of uh, people that you're sweaty over, you want to talk about Tanner Roark? (laughs) I don't know that I would say I'm sweaty about Tanner. Okay, yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> you certainly keep bringing him up almost as much as Zach Duke comes up. I am not sweaty about Zach Duke. <laughs> For what it was worth, I brought up Tanner Roark in our outline last week, and then y'all never let me talk about him. Okay, so he talk right over Tanner Roark, and I was okay. Right. So you get a double helping of Tanner this time. Oh, really? I would argue that every helping. <laughs> That's a double handful. <laughs> oh Jesus! Okay, who needs a jar? So, so just to just to take a moment here with Tanner Roark, um, as of his most recent start, he has now gone seven scoreless innings nine times this season, and his career ERA is now two point nine nine. And the only MLB pitchers with a lower ERA during his active years are Kershaw, Arietta, Granke, Lester, Cueto, Bumgarner, and Scherzer. That's quite a list. That is the group yeah. that Tanner Roark is now in. And yet somehow he's still like, although I guess how many times can we say 
totally underrated before eventually he stops being underrated because people are are keep saying those that phrase. Well, I think this is finally his season to get noticed. I mean, at this point, people have finally started to pay attention yeah. to what a badass he is. Yeah. yeah, and I think the fact that he had a, a longer development than a lot of other pitchers and he came up and was just not supposed to... Not, not even... He wasn't supposed to be much. Well, he was great he in was. 2014. Yeah. That's, what, that's what's sort of confusing about it, frankly, is that he's having an amazing season, but he's yeah. not having that much better of a season than he had in 2014. Well, I meant, like, before 2014. Before like, when he yeah. came up, it wasn't with, like, the hoopla surrounding Giolito or something. Or, or Strauss. Which, I don't really know why, frankly. I wasn't terribly keyed into the sort of prospect level of detail anywhere near when he was coming up. Do well, either of you guys remember much about that? He... There was a certain amount of hoopla. Like, I remember his early games in the bullpen. Um, and there was a certain amount of, like, holy shit. But I think it's because, I mean, he came up relatively late. He languished in the minors for a really long time because of, I think we've talked previously about, like, the anger problems. And did he? Uh, like, he had he had certain, like, emotional issues in the minors that definitely held him back Mm -hmm. while he was still the Hulk before he got back to being Bruce Banner. Exactly. And so, um, like, I, I I don't know all of the, the backstory. I haven't like done the reading up on this, but it was sort of like after he kind of flamed, flamed out, he wasn't supposed to make it back. And then he did. And so we had a little bit of like, Ooh, what's this guy got? And then we're like, Oh shit. That's what he got. Yeah. Hey, anger management. Oh, there've been met many swear jar, but like also I'm looking at his minor league stats and before 2013 his ERA was I mean it wasn't it wasn't good. Like he had an ERA above 3 and uh above 4 consistently. Yeah. Like and and he was on he was in the minor leagues for you know 2018 or 2018 2008 or 2008 Jesus it's late um <laughs> 2008 to you know 2013 and so that's five years worth of worth of stuff and anytime I see oh look that ERA is dipping down it's like one game played or you know one win one loss stuff like that it's just small sample size so any place where he had a decent sample size his ERA was just it was above four consistently and then he's apparently a a badass he got it under well, control partially yeah definitely the anger thing but i also wonder about his pitch development mm-hmm. um what is it he has like the front hip sinker to lefties that we're always drooling over or i'm always drooling over um, okay it's a really great pitch it takes a really nasty swerve at the end it's awesome i really i i really enjoy watching breaking pitches break it's okay um a uh, sinker? Yeah. But I wonder when he really developed that pitch, because especially this year, it's been sort of his killer out pitch. And if he didn't have it, if that took a long time to come along, that's not his entire arsenal. You can't make it with a single pitch. But <laughs> it adds a ton, especially in counterpoint to his other pitches. And so I wonder whether the development of that pitch just took a really long time. I, I mean, it, it, all of these things are possible. Um, without going back and taking a really hard look at his time in the minors, which is probably impossible on anything but a, a, a stat sheet. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, it makes sense because he pitches on command rather than on speed. Mm-hmm. And it's harder to, ve- to develop command. Like, it's harder to develop, like, 
using the plate as a dartboard and and having good location and things like that rather than I can pitch really, really, really fast. You certainly get rocketed up through the minors a lot faster (laughs) when you can pitch really fast. So Yeah, because you can get away with a lot. If guys just can't catch up with you, you, you're forgiven many other sins. Mm -hmm. And ultimately you lose that velocity and you realize you have nothing else to do except possibly reinvent yourself with a knuckleball. Or, you know, a lot of a lot of pitchers have were, you know, fire th- flamethrowers when they were young and then in order to keep from they they learned how to throw other pitches and learned how to do location not necessarily having to go through the full RA Dickey lifestyle change. You mean not having an elbow ligament? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um but Are yeah, we all I mean aware of this that RA yes. Dickey does not have a UCL. I I was actually completely unaware of it, and I don't want to this think about it. This wigs me out so much. Squirm. That just I, makes me squirm. It's... I want to make him pitch in an MRI machine so that I can figure out how. <laughs> um... I think that's going to not work very well. Whatever. We could fix, like, all of baseball, the massive Tommy John industry, if yeah. we could just figure out how R.A. Dickey's arm works. Because it's not, like, the knuckleball. Like, that's he's not had a UCL since before he threw a knuckleball. Well, yeah. he was going to be signed um, as a pitcher. Just, I think he was drafted and signed, and he basically got unsigned because he he failed. And I'm putting that in quotes: the physical because he lacked a UCL, um, and they were worried about what that was. And then got bounced around the minors and bounced up and down for but a long time. He was throwing time. fastballs. He was throwing fastballs oh, yeah. in the '90s at that point. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. This before is before the knuckleball far, thing. Yeah, it was far before he yeah. he did the the whole knuckleball reinvention and you know um, changed his life in a lot of different ways. Um, did, Laura, did you read uh, wherever wherever I wind up or whenever no. I wind up? Um, I should. Yeah, it's really good, but it's a really this is R. A. Dickey's uh, memoir. It's really sad. Um, uh. Like it's eventually triumphant, but like, and, and I know we we rag on some some of the overt re- religiosity in sports in this but it's one of those things where um he he clearly has a, a profound relationship with religion and with the sort of opportunity and hope religion offered him yeah um and so like if you if you're not it, like that's a, a significant part of the book um but i have no issues with yeah with personal religion and yeah. with personal journeys what bothers me i think is is similar to what bothers you which is the the massive displays of religiosity for the yeah. sake of it oh yeah that's personal what bothers me is not the same uh, as overt religiosity yeah. like bryce harper has personal religion yeah but he doesn't exactly like speak only in mormonisms yes. right and he's also instagramming his coffee which i'm curious about. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean so, it's his business it is yeah so i'm just i'm i'm vaguely curious because i know who made that coffee and it was not decaf <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm sure you know i i, 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 well, I wouldn't imagine... say anything if it weren't for the part where he instagrammed it yeah um, I can't imagine he's a no caffeine Mormon just because baseball, like they drink, they drink a lot of coffee during the game, etc. I mean, I think we have proof that he's not. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, like I mean, back back to the the main right. point of it is like the there's a difference being. between being personally religious, yeah. which a lot of a lot of players are. Um, I mean, there was an article a couple years back about like how the Nats had like a prayer group, mm-hmm. and half the people on that list was like, "I'm extremely surprised." Um, so. Yeah, no, and the and the book is really good. It's like I said, it's really sad. I cried a bunch of times while reading it. Uh, I probably should save it then because yeah. I 
I cried when we read the grind. Like no, yeah. like he had a, a really rough childhood, um, and just like he, he's a very honest and open and forthright about um, his like past history of abuse in the book, and part of the book is him coming to terms with that past history of abuse. But at the so, same time, like it's it's really like it's a hard read. So not a book to read on a plane. Oh no. I read it in the car on a long road trip, not while driving, to be clear. Um, and just, it was like weepy, like for a, a lot of it. It was just like really, it was, it's a, it's a really good book. Um, it was a very okay. sad book, but yes, Christmas he doesn't have a UCL. Uh, and that kind of resulted in him getting bounced around a whole lot. I, I have to ask this question, even though I don't actually want to know the answer, because it's just going to make me like squirm. Um, but it, w- but I have to ask it, was he born without it or did he lose it? <laughs> he was born without it, they think. They think. There okay. was no traumatic okay. event. It's more, yeah. it's okay. not there. It could have torn at some point when he was little and then just what was left of it disintegrated it. because it wasn't traumatic. Or he could have just okay. been born without it and they're not sure. Okay. I just, no. like, I get, I get, I get squeamish about inside stuff sometimes like <laughs> when i found out that when i find out a player doesn't have a hamate bone i'm like Ugh! so i shouldn't like, tell you about the videos i've been watching on youtube of tommy john surgery oh don't tell me about I that mean, either and i'm wearing a serotonin I'm, like, I'm not gonna watch them i'm not gonna watch those videos nobody wants to watch tommy john surgery videos with no i i have a I degree in ecology that is gross <laughs> Tendons wig me out. Tendon injury, like it, it's very uncomfortable for me. It's one of those things. It's like it's like pulling fingernails. It's like oh, okay. <laughs> let's move on to Tanner right, O'Rourke. So good surgery video. Bad. <laughs> Tanner O'Rourke. Good surgery video. Good. We yeah. can disagree. It's fine. <laughs> um. Also good. We've been we've been hitting the ball. Okay. Uh. Let's talk about. Uh, you want to talk about Cat well, Lattos's dad? I was gonna. I was gonna say which home run do we want to talk about? Talk about first? uh Cat Lattice's We'll dad. talk about Cat Latos. Yeah. Cat Latos' dad. Yeah. Cat Latos' dad, Matt Latos, which is the wrong name to call him. His name is Cat Latos' dad, harnessed the power of his adorable cat and hit his fourth career home run on Monday. Picked up a bet and helped himself out. It was beautiful. <laughs> Um, hit it all the way into the visitor's bullpen. And it was against the Mets, which makes it even more satisfying. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we all, in our anti-DH stance, we love the pitchers who rake. There you go. Interestingly, interesting tidbit, apparently that was his first home run since the last time Dusty Baker was his manager. So clearly... I don't know if that matters to anybody else, but clearly... <laughs> Dusty has the touch. He does. And... This is more sad. That is the first Nets pitcher home run since 2014. Yeah, since nobody's been nailing it. Gio, he used to regularly hit one every year. He Um, hit two. Okay, he hit two. (laughs) Okay, but it was like the second game of the year, two years in a row. Well, he has has some competition now for pitcher home run derby. Oh. Matt Latos, four career home runs. That's what you just said, right? I didn't hallucinate that. Yeah, four four career home runs. Um, and so, and I mean, obviously he left that game early because I, I think he had a cramp. Yeah, his hamstring cramped up was. Mm. So maybe we'll see another start from him. I mean, he was he was doing really well. I don't remember his exact pitch count when he came out. Um, but he held them to, I think, three hits. Mm. Um, and I think had he not had a cramp, probably would have would have definitely gone five, probably would have gone six if he had continued on in his in his 
thing I was I, the only thing I was bummed about about that game, which was obviously an awesome game, an eight to one victory is always like tops. But um, yeah, he didn't get the win, unfortunately. Yeah, it was a bummer. Apparently, Lopez got the win. Importantly, mm-hmm. do we get Cat Lados and or Geo's dog to run the bases? Yes. Well, Geo's dog will probably run the bases because he's a dog and can be coached. Cat Latos will probably just like pick a sunny spot in the outfield and take a nap. Or the mound. Or the mound. That's but the I... grass is nice and soft. Actually, no, as a considering Cat Latos is a cat, um, Cat Latos might do unspeakable things to the mound. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, giant sandbar. <laughs> I didn't Maybe think about the that. Uh, the like. Uh, the rubber there to uh to like as a scratching post maybe stuff oh, like for that. Sure. or the the thing that they scrape their cleats yeah. off of yeah or, actually that's probably like more for like cheek rubbing I would bet yeah grooming this would definitely I mean this is definitely proof that when the Nats do a pet calendar again because they sure as shit better do a pet calendar again they need to have them all pets not just the dog the Scherzers have a cat too yeah and and um because fister was in the calendar i'm gonna be very sad when i get to december and have to flip that page up he had he had two cats or one cat regardless the orioles pet calendar i believe zach Britton is posed with a cat named ace and a cat named spades nice that those are really good cat names um and they are adorable and i believe they are his i would hope so but i mean yeah so like we need uh, we need the nats to like there's got to be more gnats besides Cat Latos' dad that have cats. The Scherzers. The Scherzers have cats. Um, somebody else. Although I'm still I'm still holding out my hope. I know I've said this before. I'm holding out my hope that somebody's got, like, something weird. You know? <laughs> like a boa. I can see Trey Turner having, like, a parakeet. <laughs> yeah, like a parakeet. Is it because he looks like a parakeet? <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> yeah, actually. Maybe somebody's got a chinchilla. You know, like... <laughs> Somebody's got maybe somebody's got a bunny. I actually more than I want a pet calendar, which I really want a pet calendar. I want the Nationals to pose with animals that look like them. So Bambi, the National Zoo. Bambi uh, gets a deer, of course. Max, let's see anything with two different colored eyes that looks enthusiastic, or or a large cat. They can have two different colored eyes and look enthusiastic. I just I don't think any of the ones at the National Zoo specifically have have di- uh, heterochromia but oh i found the thing that looks like bambi it's an arebi a who it's it's a small antelope looking thing <laughs> um, it's got really big eyes <laughs> i don't know why i found that so much funnier than anything else that's happened today but <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just I, a I, very I, small I... antelope <laughs> I, I will send you a a pretty good picture of of what what I envision Michael A. Taylor to look a little bit like. I mean, Worth obviously needs to go hang out with the Timberwolves. This is an interesting question. Send us your suggestions. Yes. I think this definitely merits further discussion. Um, who looks like what animal? Ryan Zimmerman looks like a fish. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a large fish, but like. He's got he's got a fish face going on. Yeah, a little. Um, it's okay. A little bit. Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> um, who does Tony look like? What what animal would Tony be? What, whatever that, that animal. Tony did hit. Hmm? Animal is. It is hit a grand a slam. Bagger. You wanna you wanna go on that one? 
I mean, Tony hit, hit a grand slam against the Braves. And we were losing, and then we weren't losing, and it was nice. And it was his first career Grand Slam, and on his way back to the dugout, you can see and somewhat hear Trey Turner yelling, like, that's my favorite player at him, which was very odd and sweet. It was cute. Well, it was also, we were losing kind of because Trey Turner screwed up a ball in the outfield. So I I found that particularly endearing because... Trey yelled, that's my favorite player, twice. You can hear very clearly if you find the clip, which I did. Um, And really, Tony had just kind of rescued him from being the reason we were losing. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was nice. I mean, Grand Slams are are home runs where the people ahead of you are also good at baseball. But like, it was great. And I liked it. We encourage that. Yeah. Multiple people on a team being good at baseball at the same time. we, We really encourage that. Tell me more. I feel like the Angels can get by with just Mike Trout. Is that wrong? I don't know. How are they doing this season? I hear they are a dumpster on fire next to Mike Trout. I was going to say, definitely the uh, the Anaheim Angels of Mike Trout. Yeah. Or whatever the hell they're full name is los angeles anaheim angels of anaheim Anaheim something department (laughs) they're the mike trouts they're the mike trouts mike and the trouts trouts. (laughs) (laughs) well we know what player obviously or what animal obviously he would next to be he does look a little trouty in the face (laughs) he does a little little trouty in the face Um, do people really bring fishing rods to games where he's at or did i like make that up oh yeah they do okay they do there was like a like a month or two ago, a bunch of mascots. I don't know why there were that many mascots in a single place. It was like multiple teams. They all like hung out in the outfield and like dangled fishing lines out there. I I mean, if, if his name is like roll with it, if his name's Trout, I lean would. in. <laughs> but um, I feel like we've had a slightly higher than average number of Grand Slims this year. Am I right in that thinking? Like Danny yeah. hit Danny some. hit two, three, right, Danny hit two. two. Bryce had his first. Tony had his and first. second. Yeah, first and second. I was gonna say um, he's definitely. Murphy just hit his first. So that's six I, that we're counting. I actually already. don't think that was Murphy's first career Grand Slam. No, apparently it was. Really? Apparently it was. It was. There was a bonus donation I mean, for it. There's a lot of stuff that we say about Daniel Murphy on this, but like his nickname is Hits for a reason. He's not a power guy. He just yeah gets on pace a lot. Like. You know, he he's primarily like a he slaps it around, and I yeah. obviously we've seen that this season. So the fact All that those that's hits where I'm surprise like, me. Yeah, no, I'm just uh, I'm I'm it's because I found video of him doing it against the Cubs last year. Oh, yeah, like maybe it was I, his first regular season then. Yeah, or something like Whoops. no, I I was like it's it, yeah that was that was a thing like I was like um I googled this and no I I hear you Daniel Murphy doesn't hit you know he hits for average not for power which is fine and you know he's good at that but like uh yeah it's j- just because of that that's all well, I then it was his first regular season yeah okay that's fair <laughs> I'm assuming that was in the the the. Cubs Mets yeah so yes yeah yeah um, uh, I think it's it's but, I think it's also because we're one of the best home run hitting teams this year which is so odd I mean when I think about National League Baseball 
hitting lots of home runs is not necessarily what I think about. Mm. And the Nats have kind of always been this way or not. Okay. Not always. We're like the less said about 2010, the better, but (laughs) (laughs) like recent years, we're constantly like, Oh, there goes another home run. There goes like, we have three or four people on the team right now who have 20 home run seasons. Mm -hmm. Oh, we have like five, I think. Is it five? I know that we're like, there's someone who's like one or two home runs away from joining the club, and I can't Tony. remember. What. Tony, yeah. Tony. Tony's at like 18. Yep. Yeah. Um, And then it's so. what? Bryce, Murphy, um, Ramos, Danny. Danny um, and Worth. Yeah, and Worth, yeah. And Worth. And then Tony's Worth about to be there. And six, six is the record, I think, isn't it? That's why it's a big deal that Tony's close. Yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's really big. Um, but it's just, it's, uh, even though I keep seeing it every single season, I'm like, nah, home run hitting club. That's not the way we are. But two years under well, James Justin in the Earl Weaver school. And now uh, Dusty, who manufactures more runs than anybody in recent memory. But right. Yeah. What's interesting is you keep hearing, or I keep hearing at least about the Mets being sort of the team this year that lives and dies by the home run. And Basically, they win games where they hit homers and they lose games where they don't. So we're at least, I mean, we're doing better than the Mets at a lot of things. But we're certainly doing better than the Mets at that because they're comparing the Mets to everyone else and we're not on the list. Um, But it does feel like we are manufacturing many more runs this year with all the base stealing that's successfully happening. Yeah, we, we definitely are. I mean, we've had multiple squeeze situations more double steal more steals than since Despinoza was a thing the Despinoza double steal was my favorite mm-hmm. um, oh. yeah I know shed a tear um but like <sighs> lots of steals lots of just small ball and I mean that's the type mm-hmm. of thing that I associate with National League and we've never been super great at it but I guess we're having success because we're putting both of them together yeah I mean that's mm-hmm. the thing we are objectively doing well this year and to do yeah. that, you have to not do what the Mets are doing, which is hit only home runs. Maybe yeah. we're still hitting a lot of home runs, but we've added the other fundamentals, which is why we're doing better, among yeah. numerous other reasons. And it should yeah, okay. tell you that I don't think there's anyone on the Mets staff who's a like regular hitter who is hitting above 300. Oh. And like... Cespedes has 30 home runs. Granderson has 26. Uh, Cabrera actually is near. He's at uh, 19. Mm. Wow. I always liked him. Uh, yeah, I, I like yeah. him. It, his hair went goofy, though. Oh, no, I we can't. We're this not, will be no, like no, a long no. discussion, like the uniform thing. And he's not the only one. I think like maybe they all did it as like a joint thing. Or not all of them, but oh, it's, it's bad. Is it I for charity? I hope so. I don't like it because it looks terrible and because it's the Mets, but I do like <laughs> the idea of like baseball teams doing things like yeah. that, like getting yeah. their hair cut together. Like the the Pirates bullpen right before Mark Melanson was traded, like all shaved their heads together. Aww. And then when Mark Melanson came to the Nats, he was joking about how he was going to have to get all the bullpen guys here to do it, which thankfully they haven't. Um, but it sort of goes sure. with my narrative of how like, Lobie and Ramos should be off getting Manny Petties together and gossiping about pitchers. Like, I like the idea that they do stuff together. Yeah. yeah. We want to believe that our team has more cohesiveness 
than just what we see on the field. You know? Well, really, though, if catchers are not going for manicures together to get neon nail polish. Those are stickers. It's so disappointing. It's a missed opportunity. They should be I getting know. manicures together. Absolutely. And you have to get the matching pedicure. Obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Who doesn't like a foot massage? The next time I talk to an ads catcher, I will, I will <laughs> <laughs> recommend from us. Well, considering that we do have someone who seems to be talking to Nationals players on the regular, they could mention that during the conversation. It's mostly about casually in the conversation. Yeah. But I can yeah. try. Like, that you coffee know, goes so well with your non-manicure. Yeah. <laughs> Have you considered getting your feet buffed? If you had to wear cleats all the time, it'd make you feel better. Like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, honestly, they, honestly, they probably are getting some level of manicure. At least pitchers are. Because if you crack a nail as a pitcher, like, Ooh. that's a big problem. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, What's his face was just pulled from his own no-hitter because of a blister. Like, hand health yeah. is a thing, y'all. Yeah. Oh, um, was it uh, Rich Hill? Yeah, him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there's that. I mean, Kay, you might want to plug your ears for this. Um, like, okay. uh, one of Ari Dickey's fingernails fell off during a game. Ew. And he, like, How? cracked it. And you can't pitch a knuckleball if you don't, if you don't got a fingernail. Um, or at yeah. least cracked bad enough that, like, the fingernail was going to fall off. I mean, they would, like, they super glue them back on. Like, they super glue yeah. them back together. So, like, yeah, yeah it's... Take care of your fingers and toes, Nationals players. Don't like, punch anything. Don't. Oh Lord, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we could be on that. We're gonna for a we're long gonna time. move on from the punching things. Um, yeah, Let, let's, stop, uh, stop breathing. Remember when Drew Storen held a tiny dog in a baseball glove <laughs> and didn't punch a locker? I remember that. That was great. Mm-hmm. In terms of pitchers, that. <laughs> presumably have never punched lockers or slammed lockers and broke stuff. Uh, our Zach Duke update is going to have to wait. Uh, we're going to do some in-depth on trading partners, specifically Pittsburgh, I believe was our, our, our first one, but we're probably going to bring some other guys in in the meantime, but I think we're going to save that for next week. I think we're going to go like featured segment heavy next week. And I think we're going to wrap it up for tonight. As always, defensive indifference. We were talking about Daniel Murphy a little bit while ago, so it's not totally off the topic. Um, <laughs> Laura, do you want to tell us how, how that spreadsheet's going, how that, how that donation's going? Yeah, so as of September 14th, the September donation in Daniel Murphy's honor is up to $27.27, amusingly enough. Um, he Can got I- a $5 bonus for winning the Heart and Hustle Award and a $4 bonus for his Grand Slam. So counting that, we are up to twenty-seven, twenty-seven, And the September plus first two days of October donation is going to the DC Center, which if you're not familiar with it and you're looking for a really good sort of comprehensive LGBT organization in the DC area, they're a really great organization. They have all kinds of programs from support groups to health to just fun community events. They'll connect you to all kinds of people. They're a really great organization. Um, So this month's donation, thank you very much, Daniel Murphy, will go to support their excellent LGBT programming in the DC area. So what's he on pace for? Anybody want to do some quick math? $27 at 
on the 14th. Oh, God, I have... Yeah, I got nothing. So consider double that, Times double it. So, yeah, 54-ish. So we'll have another um, $50 a month. Thank you, Daniel Murphy. Yeah. Can, can, I just, can I just really quick... Twenty. How do we get to 27 cents exactly? Um, I don't remember the specific denominations. I'm curious. So I did the spreadsheet for a couple of days while Jen Rubenstein was on vacation. I don't know all of them off the top of my head, but... Because it's based on a weighted stats calculation, the numbers for each possible action, like single, walk, um, steal, they're not even numbers. So something okay. is, like I think a single is 88 cents and a walk is 69 cents, something like that. Okay. Yeah, it's based so on, the Woba, on the Woba calculation, I think. Yeah, yeah. So that's why you get these weird numbers, because it's okay. not like a single is 50 cents and a double is a dollar. They're very strange numbers, which is part of why the organizations we've been donating to have been starting to notice that they're getting a number of donations of <laughs> 3501. Yeah. I did put I, hashtag queer fancy stats in the in the memo, and I know Jen's putting like in honor of you know Nat's defense or second baseman Daniel Murphy. Right. Like, Last yeah. month, I think I put in special recognition of. Yes. Yes. Not in honor of. You're right. It is yeah. in special recognition of. I just put hashtag queer fancy stats, and I was like, just that works it. Too. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, somebody somebody called me one of the orgs. Oh. I can't remember who. I think I we, we, talked about this. Yeah, but yeah, they're, we they're noticing, which is awesome. And I think the weird numbers yeah. actually help with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Weird numbers. Weird baseball. Uh, <laughs> 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 weird topics that we go off on our tangents. Um, cephalopods. Oh, we didn't talk about cephalopods today. Now the we Nats did. Squid on Twitter. The Nat Squid on Twitter would have been really disappointed if we made it a whole episode well, without talking about okay. cephalopods. Okay, shout out to cephalopods. Yes. Is there, our closing segment will be, is there a Nats player who arguably looks like some form of cephalopod? I'll take a Dumbo octopus on this. You know, it doesn't have to be like a Japanese flying squid. Um, yeah, I was going to say Michael A. Taylor looks like a Dumbo octopus. Oh. No. He's got big eyes. That's all I meant. Just because he has big eyes doesn't mean he looks like every animal with big eyes. Yes, he does. <laughs> he looks like a cartoon of himself. You have to take the limbs into account. He does not oh. have, like, short, fat little limbs. Okay, <laughs> none of them have that because they're <laughs> professional athletes. Uh, right. That's our homework. That's our homework. So who everybody argue, go... Who and be argued as a, as a cephalopod? Everybody go think about this at home and I let mean, us know. Shoot us an email. And, and all cephalopods are on the table. Vampire squids. Cuttlefish. Krakens. <laughs> Kraken? Okay. <laughs> Mythological cephalopods need not apply. <laughs> nah. Oh, no. Giant squid are real. Giant squid are real. Kraken's giant not squid so are much. Real. That doesn't mean krakens are real. <laughs> They're just giant squid. They're just really but if we figure squid. out who looks like a kraken, then we can say, unleash the kraken whenever he comes to it's that. It's Jason Worth. Like, spiritually, he's a kraken. Yeah, okay, see, I'll take it, I'll take it. Like. Yeah. <laughs> but with that, with with our cephalopod shout-out, I guess, <laughs> we're going to leave you on that note tonight. Um, find us, Twitter, Rest in Pitch Face, no G. Tumblr, Resting Pitch Face Podcast. You can listen to us on iTunes at Resting Pitch, just search Resting Pitch Face. And... You can always email us directly. And please, 
please, we love hearing from you, especially if you have baseball player animal recommendations, silly puns, and information about cephalopods. <laughs> or anything us. else you have to say. Or anything else you have to say. We're good with it. Please email us at restingpitchface at gmail.com. For all of us tonight, I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Magic number seven. Cool. This used to be my playground. This used to be my childhood dream. This used to be the place I ran to.